The Boston Celtics get demolished in the Summer League Championship game. And Brad Stevens actually creates a traded player exception out of the Evan Fournier mess. That's coming up right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, however you're listening to the show, through your headphones, doing something else while you're taking in the podcast or watching on YouTube, I do appreciate you making this show part of your Celtics experience. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for the Boston Sports Journal, and I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, available everywhere books are sold, and on my website, personalized signed copies for 30 bucks at johncorrales.com. Coming up later on in the third segment, I'll get into the Evan Fournier move to New York, which is actually a sign-and-trade, and now a little bit more light shed on what the Celtics are doing with that offseason and what Brad Stevens was able to do, how he was able to basically extend the Gordon Hayward traded player exception somehow in a roundabout way for another year. Uh, But in the next couple of segments here, I'll start with segment one about this game that the Celtics just got crushed. And then summer league thoughts in segment two Uh, Celtics lose 100 to 67 that is just gross. Uh, summer League or not, 167. Celtics finished the Summer League four and one. If you care about the records, they just they came out actually pretty good in this game. I thought for a second that the Celtics were going to roll in this. They they came out to a 15 uh, or 14 to four lead, and they looked great. There was one segment. Uh, one one part where it was like seven to two at that point, and the Celtics had some of the most beautiful ball movement you're going to see just anywhere. It was Peyton Pritchard dribble penetration out to the corner, swing it to Carson Edwards. He drives, gets into the teeth of the defense, kicks it out to Aaron Neesmith on the right wing, and he had all day to shoot. That was a gorgeous. Offensive possession. I said, wow, man. Bruno Fernando was blocking shots left and right. This was domination at the beginning. And I thought, wow, the, the Kings came in with the, you know, the reputation of playing hard defense. They looked discombobulated. And it it was it was getting away from them early. And then, and then Davion Mitchell picked up Peyton Pritchard. And shut him down. Completely shut him down. No, there's nothing you could say about about what happened there other than Davion Mitchell dominated the matchup against Peyton Pritchard. This was an utter disaster. Davion Mitchell's nickname is Off Night because that's what he forces the opponents to have when he guards them. 
That's how he got the nickname. Awesome nickname, right? That was exactly what happened against Peyton Pritchard. That nickname just stood out more than anything. Uh, he he locked him up. Wherever Peyton tried to go, he was there. Just amazing defense. All around, the Kings had amazing defense. I made this point. I was on the Locked On NBA podcast, which I normally do on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. And we talked a little bit about this game, among other things. So you should listen to the Locked On NBA podcast as well. But the thing about this game that stood out for what the Celtics were trying to do and what the Kings were trying to do, I think this game meant a lot. Like Both teams wanted to win this game because players go out there and they want to win. The Kings, I think, came into this summer league with the stated goal, like not just the the players who will always come in and say, yeah, I play to win. I want to win the game. Of course I want to win. The, but when you listen to what the Celtics were saying, you listen to what Joe Mazzulla was saying, he talked a lot about the team's development, the player's development, what, what, the, what the team was trying to accomplish with each player moving forward out of summer league. What the Kings were saying from basically the beginning was from an organizational standpoint, we want to win this thing. We want to win. And the point that I came up with was that 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 is also a form of development for the Kings. The Celtics already have a culture of winning. That's what everybody in Boston expects the Celtics to win. And when they don't, that's a problem in Sacramento it's a little bit different, right? And so getting these guys, these young guys who will have a mindset of winning, to get them into that culture of winning, to start them thinking like everything you do with a Kings jersey on is geared towards winning, that's important. So, yeah, they're out there trying to develop and, you know, hey, you work on your jump shot, you work on your crossover dribbles, you work on this and that. Them coming out and saying, we want to win this championship. Our goal is to win this championship. They went out there and played a a level of defense that you don't normally see in Summer League. The Celtics were playing a level of defense that you don't normally see in Summer League, and the Kings took that to another level. The connectivity. They were rotating well. You don't see rotations like that in, in Summer League. They went out there and took this, they wanted to win this game. So where the Kings are developmentally is winning is important at any level, anywhere, anytime. And they came out and played this game to win this, and and they did. The Celtics, sure, they wanted to win this. And and Joe Mazzula, as a head coach, wants to win because he wants to prove that he can be an NBA-level head coach. He wanted, he, I think he interviewed for the Celtics head coaching job. He wants to be a head coach. You don't get into coaching to just be a career assistant. You want to get into the head coaching. He's had, he's had some head coaching experience. He wants to do more. So they let him do it. They had him do it. And I'm sure he wanted to come out of that being the coach that coached this team and got these guys, not just to develop, but to also win in a game that was called the championship game. So 
and I'm not saying it didn't mean anything to the Celtics, but I don't think it also meant the exact same thing to the Celtics. So I think when you look at this game, that defense that the Kings played is what really stood out. Aaron Neesmith, 4 of 10 shooting, 12 points, 6 turnovers. The Celtics committed 28 turnovers. 28 turnovers. Those 28 turnovers were turned into, I I don't have the final points off of turnovers number here, but it was, I think, in the 40s at this point. The Celtics took 59 shots, 59 field goal attempts. The Kings took 95 shots, 95. They took 36 more shots than the Celtics. That's insanity. They shot 42%, and they only shot 36.5% from three. The Celtics shot 19.5% from three. Uh, that's <laughs> that's not going to win anything. So, Neesmith, not good in this game. Pritchard, not good in this game. Edwards, not really good in this game. Nobody, like Bruno Fernando was good early, but then, eh. And then the other guys, Yamadar didn't play. Romeo Langford didn't play. He had a wrist injury, which uh, a source told me that it was not related to the wrist injury that caused the sur- that required the surgery. So it's an unrelated right wrist injury, and that cost him the game, which is disappointing because anytime Romeo Langford misses a game due to injury, you're like, oh, here we go again, which is unfair because every player is going to miss a game due to injury. Yamadar missed games with a uh, strained groin. Like guys, guys are going to miss games from time to time and it happens, but it just happens so much for Romeo Langford that any little thing that he suffers is going to be, you know, roll your eyes. Here we go again. I totally get it. Um, so a, a just terrible finish to what overall was a positive summer league. So what does this mean? What did this performance mean? And, and just my general thoughts here on Summer League coming up after I tell you about sweat block. Now, excessive perspiration can be an embarrassing thing, but it happens. Some people just, they, they have this, they have a, a condition that causes it or the you know, nervousness causes it. I've seen it happen. It happens to me sometimes too. When I'm talking, I'm doing some sort of presentation or talking to a crowd there's, I have to like be careful because sometimes I'll, I'll have that. And so sweat block is really going to help because it can eliminate some of these embarrassing situations where you're worried about, am I going to wear this blue shirt because it's going to, you know, the, the sweat's going to come through or whatever, especially on these hot days and you're running around and you don't want to walk into a place after driving in this 90 degree heat and you're like, oh, God, I feel uncomfortable. So what do you do? You get the sweat block. It comes in a sort of like wet nap type of wipe. You take your shower at night. You put this on in the problem area. You go to sleep. You wake up in the morning. You wash it off. This was created by a doctor. He tested it out. He recommends it. He created this whole thing. And it works for him. And it's worked for many people for up to seven days. So it's not like a big, complicated thing. And if you don't like it, if you don't like the results, they have a dry shirt guarantee. If it does not keep you dry, 
you get your money back. So it's really a no risk thing. You can go Google it. They encourage you to Google it. Check out the videos that show people trying it, testing it, and coming out dry on the other side of a workout or firefighters using it and having it work and, and their shirts come out dry. So this is your little secret to some extra confidence. I know how the excessive perspiration can kind of sap some of that. Give it a shot. Try SweatBlock. Go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off. So LOCKEDON is a promo code at sweatblock.com for 20% off. Or you can go to Amazon or CVS to pick up uh, your own supply. Theragun is going to help you get rid of the daily stresses of life. Or if you're an athlete, you're working out, help you work out some of the muscle tension. You've seen these handheld percussive devices on the sidelines at pro sports games. There's a reason why a lot of these athletes use it, and there's a reason why it's going to help you. It releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And it's not like a jackhammer. It's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than just vibration alone. So if it's an injury that you're trying to work through, uh, tension from working out, or just sitting here at a desk all day like me, and you get up and you feel all stiff, this is going to help. The OLED screen uh, makes you feel like you're holding something from the future, and it learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Try the Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash lockdown right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash lockdown. Therabody.com slash lockdown. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. So Summer League ended with a thud, but it doesn't mean that it has to color our perception of the entire Summer League. They they played five games. They spent a week and a half over there. Uh, It sucks that they had to stay an extra couple of days in that mid-August Las Vegas heat to go and lose the way they did. But generally, I think this was a a positive summer league. I think we got some answers that we were looking for. Yamadar, unfortunately, did not show enough, I don't think, to warrant his inclusion here on this year's roster. Maybe the Celtics feel differently, but I just don't think that having him in the United States right now does anybody any, any good, like it could help him a little bit, but he could also get a lot of help going to that German team that he was supposedly going to sign to, uh, sign with if it didn't work out here this year, let him go over there, let him learn, let him figure it out a little bit, let him play against some tough competition. And like I've always said, send him with his homework, keep tabs on him, and try it again next year. Uh, there's there's no reason to start that clock any earlier than you need to with Yamadar. So uh, he's he's just doesn't seem like he's ready. Although we'll see. Maybe the Celtics have a different opinion. Uh, 
the Romeo Langford stuff was, like I said in the last podcast, uh, confusing or yeah, was it the last podcast? No, it was the, uh, the one before that. Very confusing of Romeo Langford. Um, he is in his third year, but his experience is kind of up and down. He's missed a lot of games, a ton of games due to injury. Where is he developmentally? So that those are two answers. Well, we got an answer with Yamadar. It might not be the one you wanted. We we haven't gotten a lot of answers with Romeo Langford. Where is he? The missing this this game with the wrist uh, is not encouraging, but they didn't make it seem like it's uh, a big deal. And like I said, it's unrelated to the prior injury there. We got a couple of answers with Aaron Neesmith and, and Peyton Pritchard. And I had some pushback today uh, on Twitter where, you know, I've been one of the people who said, look, maybe, maybe we've seen enough of these guys. Okay. So they go out there in this game and they, they suck. They're the opponents really locked them, locked down on them and they struggled. Is this, is this something that's going to help their development? Maybe it's possible. It's entirely possible by playing this extra game that they, they learned something at the very least it knocked them down a peg. Nothing wrong with being humbled, right? Every, every so often when you're, you're getting a little too, a little too high, something to bring you down and, and keep you in that, that right zone. That's okay to have that. That's, that's good. So yeah, I can say that the Celtics got something out of this and Peyton Pritchard getting that Davion Mitchell defense treatment. That's something that's going to stick in his head. Think about what Peyton Pritchard had been doing. He had three games where he was awesome and everybody was raving about Peyton Pritchard. Then he goes off to this pro-am and drops 92 points, which, okay, it's a pro-am, but it's still 92 points and 92 points in anything is going to get you some attention. Pritchard has never been higher. His, his star had never been bigger with the Celtics to this point. And then Mitchell comes in and just smokes them, smokes them. So that humbling experience, I'm sure, is going to stick with him for the rest of the summer, which isn't that long. It's This is the, what, August 18th episode? You know, training camp starts in a month and a half, not even. It's like five, six weeks. Like, that's, it's almost here. <laughs> training camp is almost here. It's ridiculous. But the... The sting of him being shut down and all of a sudden people saying, oh, wait, maybe he can't turn the corner on everybody. Oh, wait, maybe if defense is key on him, he's not going to have the, the shooting that he's displayed. And same thing with Aaron Neesmith. But on the plus side, they're not going to be the focus of anybody's defense. That's the, the beauty of playing with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams and Al Horford. You're, you're going to, other guys are going to demand some attention. So I see Pritchard's development over the course of this week to be generally positive, overly positive, maybe even. I'm not going to go too crazy about this one game. Mitchell locked him up. Yes. Um, but when Pritchard is in the game for the Boston Celtics, he's going to have a lot better 
options out there. Now he's going to be facing defense that's a lot like what that Sacramento defense was in this game. And so he has to continue to work, which has not been a problem for him. It's not been a problem for Aaron Neesmith. But their development this this week, this week and a half, has been so good to me. I've seen enough positive where I feel comfortable that when you're playing for the Celtics with Tatum, with Brown, with Smart, with Rob, wherever you're in that, wherever you're slotted in that mix, I think they're going to do well. So the Celtics come out of this summer league experience with, I think, some promise that you've got Pritchard and you've got Neesmith that can be contributors. I still think that Neesmith could get a look, should get some experimentation as a starter with that group that I just mentioned. I think that that could work. I still think that that could work. In fact, I I hope, I hope that Neesmith if he starts with those guys, gets the level of defensive attention that the Kings gave him in this game, because that means you're not guarding one of those other guys. And the whole point of me saying that is he's not going to get that level of attention. Everybody's going to be focused on the other guys. He's going to he's going to be able to just catch and shoot and sure attack a closeout from time to time, but he's not going to have to do as much as he's done here. So I think when you roll everything together, I, I like the experience that these guys have had. So, and then the last thing, Carson Edwards, I mentioned the other day, may, maybe you, he gets one more shot to see in a few summer league games. Can you come in and heat up real quick? If you can, great. Then maybe there's a spot for you, but more like, more likely he's, he's going to go and that that's just how it, it's going to be. But I like Carson Edwards. I, I, I wish him well. I hope I hope things work out for him. But we'll see how that goes. So to wrap this up, Summer League, generally a good experience. Even though the championship game absolutely sucked, uh, you can even pull positives out of that. All right, up next, the Celtics were able to create a traded player exception out of the Evan Fournier deal with New York. So I'll explain... That, what happened there, that kind of came out of nowhere on Tuesday. And what's this mean moving forward for the Celtics? I'll do that after I tell you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market. I've talked about Built Bar forever. People associate me with Built Bar now. I talk about it so much. But point is, they've got a ton of great flavors, whether you are into chocolate or fruity or coconut. There's options for everybody. There's non-nut options if you've got an allergy. If you're on a keto diet, no problem. These work. And they're the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty cool. They have a bunch of like limited edition flavors. you got to go to Built.com and make sure you're going regularly because they'll, they're going to drop some new flavors every so often. And it just comes out of nowhere. And you, you're just going to have to go check it out yourself. These protein bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, four or five grams of sugar, four or five net carbs. This is great after a workout because it's not going to blow out your cardio. It's, it's going to feed your muscles and give them the protein they need to regenerate themselves. So 
I I love to have these. Pack them into my little have a, a little fanny pack that I carry my keys and wallet and a built bar in, and that goes to the gym with me, and uh, it works out very well. So go to built.com, use the promo code locked fifteen. You'll get 15% off your next order. It works every time. So use locked 15 every time at built.com. Then head on over to Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You could have bet on the Celtics. Uh, you would have lost money if you'd bet on the Celtics, but you could have bet on the Summer League Championship game. Uh, baseball, WNBA, it's all there. So head on over to Bet Online. Use your laptop, use your phone, it doesn't matter. Sign up for free. Create your username, create your password, and then enter the promo code locked on. That will give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So after you've created your profile, you use the promo code locked on, you deposit 200 bucks, they'll give you a hundred dollar welcome bonus because that's a really cool thing to do. Again, the promo code is locked on, so don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Go to Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. So Tuesday gave us a little bit of surprise that the Boston Celtics had actually signed and traded Evan Fournier to the New York Knicks which I thought he was just gone. What that does is it creates a $17.1 million traded player exception. Basically, what I've talked about before with Gordon Hayward, they have a space in the amount of the outgoing contract, the first year of the outgoing contract, that you can use as essentially a coupon to trade to another team for a player making that much or less. Traded player exceptions cannot be combined with another player. They cannot combine $17.1 million traded player exception and um, Romeo Lankford for a $23 million player. You cannot do that. You can split it up, as we've seen, but $17.1 million is its own traded player exception. So if you're still kind of unclear, you can tweet at me, RedsArmy underscore John. I'll explain it to you. In greater detail, I put a whole big thing on Boston Sports Journal. But what Brad Stevens basically did was he took the remainder of the Gordon Hayward traded player exception. Remember the Celtics used the traded player exception on Fournier to trade for him. And they used the rest to sign Josh Richardson. Well, now Josh Richardson and his $11 million and the 17.1 that Fournier is making basically becomes the $28 million that Gordon Hayward was getting in his first year of his, his deal. So that traded player exception that the Celtics had is in a roundabout way sort of back that they can't now, again, they can't combine the 17.1 and Josh Richardson's 11 to go get a $28 million player. But Josh Richardson's $11 million expiring contract is very tradable, and the $17.1 million traded player exception is tradable. So you've basically created two pieces of 
the Hayward extension that you you can only use 11 million and that can be aggregated with something else and the 17.1 that can be you know to get a player in making whatever uh up to 17.1 but Gordon Hayward traded player exception is sort of back in a Franken, Frankenstein sort of way. So this absolutely eliminates any possibility of max cap space. The, the, the smart deal already did, but this really is the hammer. So you look at the Celtics, the guaranteed contracts, Tatum, Brown, Smart is about 76.3 million. They've got about 18 million in team options in Langford, Grant Williams, Neesmith, Pritchard, and Carson Edwards next summer. They've got a couple of uh they've got a couple of non-guaranteed contracts. They've got and they've got these traded player exceptions. They've also got $9.7 million from Tristan Thompson and $5 million from Daniel Tice. So they've got 30, almost $32 million in traded player exceptions that they could use. So here's here's what this all means. The Celtics are going to be an over-the-cap team. They're operating as an over-the-cap team. It's impossible for them to do anything that can sign them a, a free agent at this point without really going nuts and, and renouncing a bunch of things. And it doesn't make sense to renounce a bunch of these things because you got more money to spend by keeping those things. you got better ways to acquire players by keeping those things. So... You can try to swing a, a regular trade this season for your third star if that's what you want to do. You can do that. If you want to swing a trade for, if you want to go Tatum and Brown as your absolute two and then maybe high-level role players around them and you're not going third star, full third star, then you have options for doing that. You can use these traded player exceptions. A $17 million traded player exception could get you somebody. 9.7 can get you a mid-level type of player. 5 million can get you at least somebody useful or can at least now be a way to bring in a mid-level type of guy, a taxpayer mid-level kind of guy, and then still have your taxpayer mid-level to bring in a second taxpayer mid-level kind of guy. So it just allows the Celtics to work around the fringes of their roster with greater um, greater possibility of getting a, a better player. So you're not just signing minimums. You're not just using the exception, the mid-level exception. You're not hard capping yourself by going to the full $10 million, whatever it's going to be next season for a mid-level player. You have a way to bring in these players via the traded player exception. So ultimately this is slick maneuvering by Brad Stevens. They gave up a couple of second round picks and those second round picks weren't even really theirs. The second round picks were from um, the Hornets, a protected top 55 protected 2023 second rounder, which it won't convey. And then a conditional pick, which is too hard to explain, but basically one second rounder is what they ended up paying for the right for the Knicks to do this. And the Knicks, you know, saw value in this. They, they picked up another pick out of it and they said, all right, fine. Yeah, we can do that. 
So the Celtics get away to improve themselves. Now, what do they do with all of this? I don't know. But they did find a way to give themselves another chance to improve themselves. That's the important part here. It's it's all about acquiring these methods for improving your team. Are are the Celtics going to use all 31.8 million of the traded player exceptions that they have available to them? Probably not. Probably not. They might use, you know, the Tice one might go away. The, the Thompson one might go away or part of it might go away, but they intentionally created the Evan Fournier one. So they, they very definitely are not going into next, next season with any amount of cap space. This, the Fournier, uh, 17.1, just so you, I'll, I'll finish with this, but just so you know that a traded player exception doesn't count against your salary, doesn't count in the tax calculation, doesn't count in all of that actual numbers. What it does is it does eat up your cap space. If you go into next season with $17 million in cap space, but also now you have this traded player exception that goes into the cap space. It prevents a team from circumventing the cap, right? It's just there to say, you could get this guy for 17 million. So we're going to put a, a hold for seven. We're going to take $17 million from your books and block that off. So we expect you to possibly use this. So you can't have 17 million to spend and then use this. The whole goal is using this thing that you have, but it's not real money. So it doesn't count against the, 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 the luxury tax. It's not, they don't have to pay taxes on that. It doesn't count towards the hard cap or anything like that. So that's actual dollars. So the Celtics have put themselves in this position where they are going to use, well, I shouldn't say they're going to use this. They've, they've made it so very possibly could use this. They have taken away all amount of cap space between this and the 17 million that they're giving smart in year one. It's $34 million right there. That's basically all of their cap space. And then when you factor in all of the other exceptions and holds and all the other stuff, they have no cap space. So they're going to operate as an over the cap team. That's just the bottom line here. And they're going to have to improve their team through trades and exceptions and all of that. They just have now one more exception and a really good one. It's up to Brad Stevens now to figure out how to use it. I think he's had a pretty good offseason. Considering everything that he's had to do, the limitations he's had to work with, I think he's come, come away with it with a pretty nice, pretty nice recovery for the Celtics. It's, this is the easy part, probably. Probably the easiest part of what Stevens has to do. The next part is building using these things to build up the next great Celtics team. But for now, so far, so good for Brad Stevens. Hopefully you're saying, Hey, so far, so good for checking out the lockdown Celtics podcast. And you're going to subscribe. If you're listening to the show as a podcast in your car or in your headphones, walking the dog, taking a shower, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching the show on YouTube, you've gotten to this point You know I'm going to beg you to hit that subscribe button, hit that little bell that says notify me when new new videos drop, all of that stuff. Comment below 
Let me know what you think. Ask me a question. Push back on a point that I made. Whatever. Do that. I try to respond to as many as I can. So we have a conversation under the YouTube video. And most importantly, share the podcast. Share it with your friends, your family, and tell everybody that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.